For expression. anyone listening, uh, Steven just did absolutely nothing except waving a piece of paper up and down like five times while trying to open it because that's pretty much what they do in the film. Yeah. Um, oh, I got a happy Hanukkah. Um, and uh... <laughs> hey, I don't know who said that to him, but he just opened that. No, no, it was open. It is January. <laughs> I haven't just opened it. I haven't opened it in a while. Um, <laughs> so, um... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flip the Scripts. I'm Ankit Madeira. And I'm Stephen Nyman. And this week, we are talking about The Hunger Games. Well, I mean, they whistle it, Stephen. I can't do the whistle. You probably could do it. That's right. Okay, you do the whistle and I'll do, I'll do the hand sign. Ready, ready? Okay. Also, it's really funny because this is our Boy Scout sign. Just gonna it say is. that it is. It is the Boy Scout sign. Um, I yeah. was like, oh, I think the only difference is that in Boy Scouts you do it with your right hand. Yes, it's with the right hand, and in right hand, yeah. Hunger Games, I think it's the left. I think they they also do it towards the people. I think it's like a diagonal. Sh- we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the salute, by the way, for the audio only listeners. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we're also trying the salute because it's really funny. Uh, there's this really funny. Uh, I know we're already going on a tangent. This is already a great start of our fifth episode. We're doing, we're doing great. <laughs> uh there's a there's a youtube video uh youtube channel called the warp zone shout out to the warp zone you guys are amazing i love you uh but like they have this really (laughs) hey they're great though they had this really funny youtube video when hunger games first came out where like they're all they're all like doing the salute and one guy accidentally puts the whole hand up and they're like dude that's the hitler salute And he's like, what's a Hitler? And they're like, didn't you study pre-Panem history? And he's like, no. <laughs> so I just thought it's just really funny. Fair, fair. All right. So this is a show, in case you all forgot or are new, welcome. This is a show where Stephen and I are looking at adaptation. So how does the original source material then apply to the adaptation, whether it's film, television, whatever it is. So far, we're still looking at films. This week, we are talking about the Hunger Games book series and starting with the Hunger Games. Written by Suzanne Collins. Yes. Uh, and so this book came out on Kit in, um, I believe, sorry. This was supposed to be you. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. This book came out in 2008 uh, and has had three sequels, subsequent in the order, uh, Catching Fire came out in 2009, Mockingjay came out in 2010, and the new book, Songbird of Snakes, came out in 2020. Lovely. All written by Suzanne Collins. Uh, Suzanne Collins, definitely, you know, this book kind of hit that uh, young adult adventure motif that we were looking for in the 2000s and rode that, rode, rode that wave all the way to victory. And did very well. So, listeners, as you may have put together... The next few episodes, if you want to read ahead, if you haven't read these books, are going to be Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Mockingjay, Part 1 and Part 2. And 
than the new Songbird book. Yeah, the, I, I forgot it, what it was. It's the ballad called. of Songbird and Snakes. Songbirds. One, multiple songbirds. I think it's one snake. No, it's multiple snakes. Songbirds oh, okay. and snakes. <laughs> but that's we what have we to make doing... sure. We have to make sure because after the Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, no, no, Percy Jackson colon the Lightning Thief <laughs> fiasco, we have to make sure. We do need to make sure. So if anyone's curious, I mean, that's what we are going to be doing. So if anyone wants to read ahead, watch ahead, go for it. That's what's on the docket and what is coming in the future for this show. But before we can get to the future, we have to do the present. And we need to talk about this film and this book. So I have some facts about this film. Now, I like some facts. Go for it, Ankit. All right. The director is Gary Ross. The writer is Gary Ross, Suzanne Collins, and Billy Ray. Nice. So, uh... I think it's really interesting. Obviously, you have the writer on the staff, which the writer of the books on the staff. Now, right now, we have the Percy Jackson TV series. Rick Riordan obviously is on the staff for a couple of the episodes. Um, and I think for ma- the majority of the series, he's been a producer, if you will, on a producer level. I think he's so, an executive producer of the series. Yeah. So Suzanne Collins has a lot of um, control over this first film. It's really interesting, I will say, and I'd love to talk more about it, obviously, in the Catching Fire when we get to those episodes. Suzanne Collins does not help write Catching Fire, so we can talk about the benefits and the of her being on the staff or not. Yeah. I haven't seen um, Catching Fire yet. So. Fair. Uh, so before we hop into what everybody else rated it on Kit, um, have you ever read the book or seen the movie before this? I mean, I've read – I watched the film, I think, when it first came out, and I read the book – recently and then i reread the book of course for the podcast so the film apparently i may have seen it and i say this because i was watching the film in my living room and currently for anyone listening i'm visiting my parents and so my sister was over at the time and my mom was there and they knew a lot about this film And my mom was like, no, we watched this. We watched this when it came out. Like, there's a reason that, like, I keep referencing this. Like, you know, we went on a hike in Canada in, like, 2016. And I had, like, all the hiking poles, like, in my backpack. And my mom was like, oh, you look like you're from the Hunger Games. with Like, you know, the the arrows coming out of a quiver or something. And, like, she was like, how am I going to make that reference if I haven't seen the film? And I wouldn't have watched the film without you there. So, (laughs) I think... Maybe I've seen the film. I I didn't remember it. Let's put it that way. I didn't remember it. I knew what had happened and I kind of knew like what the storyline was, at least for Mm -hmm. the first film. I knew what was going on. I knew a lot about the story itself. Um, Also, this is just a blanket statement. I know we do this kind of every episode, but... uh, spoilers for this book and the seer and just this book we won't really try to put spoilers for other books but spoilers for this book when we're talking about this book so currently Ankh and i are reading in order and we're trying not to read the f- next book until we're done with this book yeah so i have so now get- read catching fire but i still need to watch catching fire so oh great I, yeah, i'm yeah, in yeah. the middle of reading catching fire it's a Great. it's my favorite book it's uh, a really i've read good that book. one before 
Anyway, uh, never- so as I was saying, um, yeah, I, I think I've seen the film. I didn't remember much of the film, but I knew what was going mm-hmm. on. I had never read the books. Cool. So uh, the Hunger Games films came out in 2012. Yes. Um, so they were writing the Harry Potter Twilight hype train that was very popular at that time. Um, obviously, the original book series of Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and Mockingjay were all finished by the time the first film came out. I really appreciate that because obviously that's something I'll get really aggravated about when we talk more about the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, and I think it were, it makes a lot of sense when you're doing adaptation that you wait till all the other the books are out of the series so you can write more. Um, but why don't you tell us what other people thought about the the movie in its percentage wise on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes on Kit? Yeah, so IMDb, it had a 7.2 out of 10, so quite respectable. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Pretty respectable. Um, And then... Sorry? Not as good as, like, other... Probably other films in the time of, like, this era, but not bad. Not bad. I mean, a 7.2 for this film, I think, is pretty, like, accurate. Like, you know... um, and we'll get more into that. But it got a 84% Rotten Tomatoes critic score mm-hmm. and an 81% Rotten Tomatoes audience score. So nice. pretty similar there between the critics and the audience. And it was made on a budget of 78 million US dollars. And it box officed 695.2 million US dollars. <laughs> I mean, there'd be no point to a sequel if they didn't make their money back. And uh, they then made some. their money and then some. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think before we get to the big bulk of the adaptation, uh, I think because, you know, we did jump in last time. Uh, I think it's just really fun. Let's talk about the film itself. I mean, the book, we could talk about the book more as well. Uh, but the film uh, as just a film. I think is really interesting. Uh, it was following this kind of old uh, trope that came out with the follow cam, shaky cam. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I like shaky cam in films. I'm very like off put by shaky cam in film. What's I your opinion? I didn't like it. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like it kind of subtracted from the from the film experience. I I literally have a note in here going the shaky camera work is an interesting choice. I'm not sure if I like it. I understand why it is potentially used in certain moments. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand why it might be used if you're trying to give, like, a point of view running through the woods scene or something, right? Like, that makes sense. Because when you run, you're not in a perfect, beautiful line. Um, Most people aren't. <laughs> Especially when you're running through the woods and you're weaving in and out of trees and jumping up and down logs and various other things. So I think there are moments that shaky cam is good and it can be used well. I kind of felt like they used it a bit too much in this film. Yeah. In places that they didn't need it to be. Agreed. So kind of giving a little summary of the hunger games really quick before we jump into our big section of adaptation yeah uh and just for my audience sake on kid already knows this but for you guys who, who want to know we are not going to get to the games today so if you're expecting to hear about the hunger games and all the death of children 
that's next week. Uh, but if you, if you want to focus on uh, the lead up to the 74th annual Hunger Games, stay tuned. Um, so basically, uh, we're in a country called Panam, which is now, which was old North America. Um, basically, District 12 is where our, where's our hero grows up. Some people say District 12 is like in the Maine or Boston area, Massachusetts. It's on the East Coast. Um, I, I put it in Massachusetts in my head. Um, and so Katniss Everdeen grows up District 12, a very poor district, poorest district. There's thir- there were 13 districts. We won't talk more about the 13th district because that will ruin spoilers for the rest of the films. Uh, but basically 24 contestants are put together and they're going to fight each other to death. And the winner gets crowned the victor of the hunger games. Uh, and it's a way for the capital, which is in, in the ro- middle of the Rockies, uh, to control the 12 districts in what was United States, but now is Pan Am. It's the United States and Canada. So I have pulled up and a, a map. bit of Mexico. Yes, it Mexico. is all of North America for the most part. I have pulled up a map. Now, this is just a quick map that I was able to find. It might not be the most accurate one, but it's the first one that popped up on Google Images. So there's a new map that they that they've kind of made canon now, though, because if you're looking at I I don't know what map you're looking at, but there's another there's a map that they had in Songberg and Snakes, the movie that people are like, oh, that's the canon map now because Suzanne Collins approved that map. But like every map will help you. Great. I mean, this is a rough idea, but where the different districts are in case people are wondering and I'll go kind of in chronological order I'll do my best to describe where it is because some of it is confusing. So District 1 is kind of like North Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, down into Nevada part. District 2 is like Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona. District 3, wow, this map makes absolutely no sense on how they place the districts, but fine. Um, District 3 is kind of like Minnesota, Great Lakes area up there. District 4 is currently where I am, which is like Northern California, Oregon, Washington kind of area. District 5 is Southern California, New Mexico. District 6 is up in Canada, it looks like for the most part, not so, like, you have Toronto, and then, like, it's the next section past Toronto. Um, I, I don't know what is over Which there. one are you looking at? Uh, apparently not the right one. Um, am I looking at the wrong one? I mean, technically. So, District 4 is, is well, like, so, like. Oh, wait, I found another one, which makes a lot more sense. Because <laughs> in Pan Am, <laughs> basically, you can imagine half of California has been, like, swamped by waters and stuff so like it is a smaller country than what was the united states because the water levels has risen it is it is a while after the states had existed but like the the district 12 is uh district 12 is like new yorkish area new york boston pennsylvania yeah Great. So apparently I was looking at the wrong map. Listeners, we will try to find a better map and have a better idea of where districts are located in a future episode. 
<laughs> okay, but the only districts we really need to focus on for this for this <laughs> one is just District Twelve and and the Capitol because that's the only ones in the whole. <laughs> that's the only locations in the whole film. Hey, so I went on a rabbit hole and it ended up being wrong. <laughs> I appreciate it. I think there's a whole <laughs> argument of what the correct map is. You and I can now figure this out together. I think we're smart enough. So we know this, that District 12 is is on the East Coast in the Appalachian Mountains, where there's a lot of forest, Pennsylvania-ish area, maybe, maybe near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Boston, somewhere on that over there. Uh, and the capital, which is in Denver, Colorado, specifically Denver, because it's in the middle of the Rockies, and that's the most capital city that I can. And also, there's a river in the middle of the capital, and there's a river in the middle of Denver. So I can assume that's the De- that's the old Colorado River. Hey, congrats, uh, Denver! <laughs> so I imagine Denver is now the capital of Pan Am. So that will make a lot of sense, by the way, when we get to some math that I've done for the film when we start going over the adaptation. Because they talk about the train ride from District Twelve to the capital, and I've done the math of how long it would take. Okay. Lovely. So, so let's jump in. Do you want to uh, finish the uh, basic uh, overview oh, of the that, book? Yeah, that was it. So Katniss Everdeen, her and another tribute from her district, PETA, have to fight in the Hunger Games for their life. And will they live or will they die? I won't say it until we get to it in the book. So if you haven't seen the film or you haven't read the book, you won't know that till next week. So watch it or read it before that. There's the basic plot of what's going on. So, where we start, we start with Prim having a nightmare. And she's freaking out. And Katniss comes over to comfort her. Yeah, I think before even we get to that, I think there's a really interesting, um, some interesting things that happen before that. But I think one thing we have to acknowledge before jumping in. This is the biggest change from book to film, and we understand why it happened, is we're not in Katniss's mind. So in the book, in The Hunger Games, when you read The Hunger Games, you're in her mind, like you're 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 kind of first person Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. And so you get you get such a good instinct of what she's thinking. It really helps us see a lot of things. Obviously, we don't get that. Um, and then before we even get to see film. They start with opening writing, which explains the simple rules of the game. I thought this was helpful. I also think like it could have we I don't know if it was needed. Do you feel like it was needed? I, I think it was helpful. I think they probably included it for people who were gonna be very confused, but I also feel like it is something that could have been explained a bit more in the story. Exactly. Um, but it's fine. I didn't have a problem with it because really it just is like, hey, here's the base premise of kind of what's going on. Welcome to our world. So yeah. and then, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it Then at we all. go to a scene with Seneca Crane, who's a film-only edition. He is not in the book at all. So Seneca Crane is the Hunger Games game maker, the lead game maker. And he's having an interview with, oh, what's his name? Blue-haired guy. Blue-haired guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Cinna. It's um, it's um, it's it's it's. He has a name. He's he's he a kind human name. being. Um, we actually really like him quite a lot. 
They he he does the interviews, and I'm just gonna keep rambling while Steven looks this up. But oh my god, he played it beautifully. I'm not sure who the actor was. I don't really have many complaints. Caesar Flickerman the characters. Caesar there we Flickerman. go. Caesar. See, we got there. Caesar Flickerman. Uh, Flickerman. Flickerman. Uh, is one of the uh is our is you know, talking to uh, Seneca Crane, who is not <laughs> in the books. He's a film-only no, edition. He is mentioned um, in the book. But not you in don't the f- see him. First book. He is mentioned. He is mentioned once. Game makers think, are mentioned. No, I think he is mentioned a singular time in the book, if I am not mistaken. Yeah. I don't remember him in the book, but maybe he was. Uh, but I think, so Seneca Crane obviously now has a bigger role uh so it kind of explained he's like what's your favorite thing about the hunger games he starts talking about it and then we jump to prim screaming having a bad dream yeah already we're slightly changing because uh you know the book starts with katniss everdeen waking up and seeing prim has crawled into bed with her mother she assumed she's had a bad dream but because we don't have the mind of Katniss, we have to show, not tell. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, and then she sings Prim to Sleep, which that song is in the book. I, I'm not going to lie. But it's in a different part of the book. It is in a different part of the book. It is uh, It is sung to uh, wonderful Rue, and that's all I will say. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then uh, we meet Buttercup, who is not Buttercup. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the cat, it's it's uh, Buttercup. The cat in the film is like this black and white cat. In the book, I love the I love the description of the book of Buttercup. Uh, It's a yellow tabby cat missing its ear. Um, And you know, I love I love Jennifer Lawrence's line though, going, "I will eat you." Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, you know, it might have been hard. It might have been hard for them to find a cat that was missing an ear that was also like orange. <laughs> I will say this though: I feel like they recast the cat in the next film. Oh, they one hundred percent recast the cat. Um, I haven't seen the next film, but I have complete faith that they have recast the cat. <laughs> but also, uh, now that we've hit, we've hit like that section jennifer lawrence is katniss everdeen what do we think cool <laughs> I, did, oh, I just wanted did, to did you want me to have more thoughts than that i think she's a good actress yeah i mean we had opinions when logan lerman was percy jackson so i just thought we'd have opinions on cat on, on <laughs> jennifer lawrence being katniss everdeen i like her i don't mind her as katniss i Fair. believe that she is 16 Hey, like, look at that. If you have a 16-year-old character and you cast someone who could play 16, it works out. I think when this movie came out, Jennifer Lawrence was probably in her early 20s. So, yeah. I yeah, I think she was in her early 20s when this movie came out. I'm not completely sure on how old she is. I do know that we are from the same hometown. Really? Yeah. We're both from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm just See, typing in her age when she was sorry. 
Oh, okay. uh, she was 20 years old when she was cast as Katniss Everdeen. Yeah, so like, you know, perfectly fine. You can have a 20-year-old playing a 16-year-old. Like, that's believable. Cool. <laughs> a bit. Um, yeah, well, so I like I like, I like, like her as Katniss. I think she has this like really intense stare to her she as does. a person that really plays into, oh, there's a lot going on in her brain. But it also frustrates me because as a re- when I read it, I'm like, oh, I get everything Katniss is, Katniss is thinking. But in the film, obviously, we don't get that. But somebody was like, oh, Katniss is really thinking here. And that was the direction they told her to act in. And I'm like, I don't know if that helps an actor or that, like, hurts an actor. As a director, I feel like that hurts an actor. <laughs> yeah. The, I'm not going to lie. Whenever a director is like, okay, you're really thinking. And I'm like, okay, sure. But, like, what am I thinking about? Am I just thinking about, like, randomness? Am I thinking about puppies? Am I thinking about dead puppies? Like, they're going to have different emotions. <laughs> also, people if think you need like me this. To, if you need me to be thinking and, like, you need me to have a certain kind of, like, facial structure or emotion or something that you're trying to get across, like, maybe give me something to think about. <laughs> yeah. So then we see Katniss and she goes into the seam um oh my gosh i think the seam is like straight from the book to the film i think it looks so good um and i really like the the feel of it and like the the you know all the all the miners going towards the mine yeah it it does it does give me the fact of like i'm in a district 12 this is district 12 environment they did a really beautiful job of kind of getting to that I think there's one thing about the seam that I think is really interesting from the book's perspective is in the seam, people have olive skin tone and black hair and dark eyes. So that's like the common trait of the people in the seam. They all seem they could be brothers and sisters this is straight from the book, except for Prim and her mother. Prim, of course, has blonde hair and blue eyes. Her mother also has the same. Her mother's from the merchant part of District 12. So there's a separation there from the districts of like, kind of like this racial identity if you will of like oh if you're born here you'll have this but if you're born here you'll have this yeah and i mean you see that in society itself so it makes complete sense yeah so even in district 12 the poorest district in all of pan am segregation uh <laughs> we so you got the rich people and the poor people um so then katniss goes to the wood she goes to the to woods hunt. yes She's moving through the woods. It's This is where we see a lot of the shaky cam where I think some of it works, mm. some of it doesn't. So, again, like, as I said earlier, when she's running and it kind of looks like we are in her point of view, I think it works. But not yeah. when we're just seeing her and it's kind of like the camera's running behind her. Just my preference. But people are allowed to have different opinions. It's completely fine. So, she then finds a deer and so she you know stalks it like a true predator and she takes aim but just before she's about to hit the deer gale shows up and he interrupts her and the deer runs away and she's pissed <laughs> so so i have an issue with this actually and i just i think i have a i have a major issue with this okay so like i think katniss everdeen book version would never hunt a deer on reaping day yeah, because first of all, on Reaping Day, there's going to be too many capital people. It's illegal to hunt in the in 
in District 12. It's illegal to go into the forest. They would be found out so quick if they took down a deer. Oh, yeah. Number one. Number two, Gail wouldn't be happy if she missed a deer. Neither would Katniss. They'd be really mad mad at each other. (laughs) And so, like, already I'm kind of like, okay. But I love the joke. I like I like the fact that the joke from the book is Katniss missed a bird and it hit the bread that Gail was gonna. Yeah. Her. So I felt like oh oh, oh Gail's played by we should probably tell the people Gail is played by uh, Liam Hensworth. Liam Hensworth. So Thor's brother is on screen. Uh, he looks way too. He he just looks really good and like well fed to be in the Hunger Games. <laughs> I he looks I re- he looks slightly too buff to be from the seam. That's what I'm saying. Like there's this whole thing like they say they say that Katniss and Gale like look so much alike they could be like siblings but they're not. Um I don't really see that for those two. I understand you always can't get perfect casting, but I felt like this is Liam Hensworth. Uh, he was all right. Yeah, he's not think, as important in this book as he is in later books. Yeah, we'll we'll get to him in later books, but I think the main issue that I had is like Gale was always like a stronger person from the scene, but yeah. he never seemed like he was buff, and Liam Hemsworth is just kind of buff. Yeah, so like. I think he does a fine job in the film. Like he plays Gale very well. Like don't get me wrong. Like you you mm-hmm. got the right person to play the part. He just looks slightly too buff. And if that's my biggest complaint, I'm okay with that being my biggest complaint. <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting because you look at the I mean, even some of the people in the film, I'm like, ooh. Like most of Dissertov is starving. Like they're not really eating right. So they shouldn't have the body types they're having. And I understand in a film, you don't have that luxury like as well. Like, cause you can't make people have unhealthy bodies for a film, like an entire extra population. You can't be like, hi guys, I need you to not eat for a whole two days before we film this scene. Wait, Legally, wait, you're supposed to eat every day. Oh man. I've been, I've been doing things wrong. Onkit, please eat <laughs> legally, morally. Don't do it. I bought some halal. You know I'm joking. You get back. I know, I know. Um, so, and then, um, and then, like, you know, she was like, oh, I could have sold it to some peacekeepers. And then Gail's like, oh, not today, because we hate the peacekeepers. Um, and so they kind of changed the motivation of why Gail, like, Gail likes, Gail sells the peacekeepers all the time. But, like, today, obviously, with the reaping, they can't, because the peacekeepers would get caught. But they want to. They should just keep their hunting on the DL. So I think it's just it's a bit interesting the change. Um, before it continues with Gale and Katniss, though, we jump back to town and Effie Trinket has arrived. Woo! Now before and- we do that, um, before they get back into town, we see a hovercraft, which we oh, don't right. see in the book. I mean, not much of a massive change, but just something to point out that we do see a hovercraft, which doesn't come up until much later in the book so can can i make a point about that the hovercraft never made sense to me okay hear me out effie takes the train 
with Hamich, Katniss, and Peta. Spoiler alert, we'll get there. We're going to get there in this episode. It's fine. Yeah, Takes yeah. the train to the district. But Effie flew in. <laughs> I don't think it was Effie that flew in. I think it may I... have been, I think it may have been like extra peacekeepers that show up for the reaping, right? So that would be my yeah. headcanon is that it's like, okay, like you have these ones because they say in the books, I mean, you obviously don't see it, but like the reapings happen throughout the day in all these different districts. So yeah. it's possible that they have like a group of peacekeepers that keep moving around and it's like, hey, like you got to go to district um uh 10's reaping and then you go to district 12's reaping so it's just like a quick way to get potentially like peacekeepers around they have enough peacekeepers but this is my headcanon and how i've made it make sense anyway effie trinket has arrived at district 12 and they're like cleaning the stairs they're getting they're getting ready for a film shoot for the hunger games already part of me kind of wished I, I aesthetically like i understand what they were doing i like it i like this idea of getting ready for the hunger games Part of me kind of wish they were trying to make it more TV showy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. They had like directors running around, people with scripts, people like. I just feel like it looked a bit like it. It just looked like oh, let's clear the stage so Effie can make the announcement instead of this is the biggest event ever in District Twelve. We have to make it seem really big, and it's really important. And this shows our district off to the rest of the districts as well as because it's mandatory watching and everyone's going to be in the square. So I just felt like there's a lot that. To me, like in the books, the reaping felt so much grander because they took out all the stops for the reaping in the districts. Yeah. And I don't feel like they did in the film. Or I feel like they could have in the film. They could have. Uh, they didn't. Um, so then we go back to uh, Katniss and Peta. And they're Gale. sitting around in the grass. Gale, not Peta. Thank you. Katniss and Gale. And they're sitting around in the grass. She gets her bread finally. They don't explain where he doesn't explain where he got the bread. He just said, I traded a squirrel. He doesn't say, oh, I gave it to the baker, which is nah. explained kind of later, uh, kind of. Uh, and also um, they talk about they kind of have the same conversation. You know, Katniss says, I never want to have kids. There's a few conversations. They be like, oh, we can run away. And the cast is like, oh, could you imagine putting him in the woods? Da, da, da. It's it's ripped right from the book. Um, it's beautifully done like great yeah great job there katniss then then like goes into the hob before she goes home wait wait wait. there's like one more thing though as well Oh, is there one more thing yeah she does a capital accent and i think this is really like she does the whole uh may the odds be ever in your favor and like i i i it's a change because in the book version gail and katniss both the capital accents back at each other yeah and i think it was a little more in obviously guys just just to be very clear, this is a very good adaptation. So the fact that Anka and I are being very nitty, it's it's really helpful for us. But we can be nitty because what how good of a job they did. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So they they did capital accent was a bit changed, and then also something that was explained in the book. Uh, here on their way to back to the town, uh, before they go to the seam. Uh, is the tessera or the uh, basically it's uh, a way for people to put their name in more in the hunger games so when you're when you're 12 your name goes in once and then every year it gets plus one every time until you're 17 
Your name can be added more times if you get grain and oil. It's one portion, but people take more. And then that's multiplicative over your many years. So, for instance, Gail has his name in, I think it said 52 times? 42. 42. Thank you. Which they I think read is the, the book. Which I think is the max. It isn't the max. I feel like it's the max of the year. It's the most in that year, but it's not yeah. the max overall because, like, if you have a bigger family, you can take it out more. Yeah. So Katniss and Gale do end up going to the Hob, like you said, which the Hob I thought was like really beautiful, but really well they done. Didn't, they didn't go meet Madge or the Mayor, which I was like, okay. Yeah, Katniss picks up the signature Mockingjay pin, mm-hmm. and. She gets this from a seller rather than her friend Madge, who is the mayor's daughter. Now, I don't know if they show up in future films, but they are just completely cut out of this movie. And I didn't like that change. I understand why they did it. Are you telling me that Katniss Everdeen, the girl who grew up with her father who used to sing to Mockingjays, doesn't know what a Mockingjay is? Yes. See, it's changes like this where I'm like, know your canon, people. (laughs) So I was slightly annoyed because it was also like this gift from Madge. The pin was a gift from Madge later in the book. But it's a gift to, to be like, hey, like we're on your side. Like, hey, like we still love you. Like, we're sorry this is happening, but like we still love you. And, like, it was kind of, like, a thing to cement their friendship. Because, like, in the book, Katniss explains that she isn't necessarily always sure if she and Madge were friends or not. But, like, they ate lunch together at school. And, like, you know, they didn't, like, hang out. But, like, they were kind to each other. But then it was a moment where it was, like, okay, like, no, this is my friend. Like, she truly was my friend the whole time. Yeah. So, so that, that of course, happens after the reaping, but it is still really sad they just cut Madge completely from the film. So she buys the pin, and she gives the pin to Primrose, her sister, um, which is like Prim never had the rose. They do, 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 they do, do the little duck thing. Um, and then there was a really interesting addition that I liked. Um, they all have to sign in with blood as they come in for the yeah. reaping. And I thought that was really, like, morbid, but also, like, a really, like, old and new. I appreciate this addition. I think it's, like, even more morbid that they, like, they're, like, oh, no, we have to make sure you're the right person for the reaping. Like, if somebody, like, imagine there were twins and only one showed up or, like, one died. So one went in replacement or something. Yeah. Or, like, someone was taking Tessera and, like, let's say, like, there were twins and, like, one died. And that you took Tessera in that twin's name all year long. And then mm-hmm. that twin didn't show up for the reaping. Yeah, and then it's like it'd be Ooh. a big, it'd be a big <laughs> deal. So like obviously they want to keep track of like all all the people. So I just think it's like a really interesting the way the capital kind of the the capital technology they've added to the film. I find very fascinating and quite um, sci-fi, but also like really interesting to like look at. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that I did note was that Prim seems to be freaking out a lot more in the film than in the book. Yeah, I think when Katniss tells Prim, your name is only in once out of, like, 
let's assume there's like 200 females in District 12, ages 12 to 17. And then add Tesseract. So like, you know, you have a one in like 500 chance maybe to get yeah, picked. And like Katniss has like a what? Like, a, like Katniss has a more of a chance to be picked than Prim does. Yeah, so 100%. for anyone who's unaware, every year, so between the ages of 12 and 18, your name gets put in. 17. 17, sorry. Uh, no, 12 and 18, because Gail is 18. I swear Gail's 17. Is it no, 12 I, and 18? I think it's 12 and 18. Because it's six years that you have to go through the reaping. So 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Oh, seven years that you have to go through reapings. Yeah, he was 18 years old in the first yeah. film. You're right. So it's 12 to 18, and then each year your name gets added one more time, as well yeah. as the Tessera that you can get extra names. Like, you can add more names, but then you can get uh, yeah. grain. So if you if you took five Tessera when you were 12, that five Tessera votes will stay with you even into the next year. Yeah. Um, so, Multiplicative. Yeah. She's told that it's one time and then nothing. Like, she's just freaking out. And I was like, okay. I, I, like, I understand that it's scary, but, like, she's just freaking out more than I feel like she probably should be at this yeah, point. And I feel like, again, they were trying to set a mood with this film. I feel like the director had a very specific mood he wanted to send with this film. It To me, it's a little grainy with the filming. It, it feels very gray in the gray in the world. So I just felt like Again, it was the mood he was trying to build. A bit like a horror kind of feel, maybe? Sure. I don't watch but a lot of horror like, films. That's fair. But I just – I don't enjoy that aesthetic. I feel like a lot of people – especially like when you watch Harry Potter, people like to turn up the – what's that called? I'm trying to remember. They turn up the – um. when you're filming something, you turn up – not the white balance, the other thing. The light? Exposure. Not the light. What are you Exposure. talking about? They just turn up the exposure too much, and then okay. it, you can't even see anything. Um, so one of the questions I actually that came up was really funny. I was like, I was like, oh, does Katniss really look sixteen? I was like, yeah, she can, she can get away with it. <laughs> uh, and then I said, Effie Trinket is so good. So the so for those who don't know, they cast um, Elizabeth Banks uh, as, as Effie, Effie Trinket. Trinket. And I, I think she does the best in the whole film. I, th- I think she is like hands down from book to screen. I, to me, like they couldn't have found a better actor. What do you think? She knocks it out of the park. She does such a good job. I don't really have much of an issue with any of the casting. Um, yeah. Especially, like I said, like if my biggest complaint is that he's slightly too buff, like we're doing <laughs> fine. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, uh, Effie kind of has a bigger, bigger role in the reaping a bit, like in the, in the, in the book, the mayor and Effie kind of work together on the reaping, but the mayor doesn't exist because why would he? Um, no, he, he is there. Actually, they mention a mayor, but like, he doesn't speak at all. And he's like, probably like one of the old people that's in the chairs in the background during the reaping. He's an extra. Yeah, so there. So instead of the mayor talking about the war of Pan Am, uh, they have a film which uh, I wrote. It's an interesting replacement for the backstory of Pan Am. Uh, to be fair, Katniss in the book does ignore half of it, so I understand why they probably did a film instead of the mayor. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, uh, a nice touch was it used President Snow's voice as a as a voiceover. Oh, I didn't even catch that, but cool. Yeah, I thought I thought. 
old and new. It was. It, I thought like if they're not gonna have the mayor, the film was a really good replacement. Nice. Um, my other thing is that that's missing from the reaping. Uh, before we even get to like names being called, uh, Hamish. Is, Hamish isn't there. So uh, Hamish is the only living victor from District Twelve. No, he's the um, only victor from District Twelve. No, there's been two. Oh, there was one more. There's. It says it in the book. There were two, but he's oh, the I only might have missed living. It. He's the only he's living the only... one. Okay, my bad. My not, bad. Not to spoil another book that we'll get to. He's the only living victor in District Twelve. Um, and I didn't point... realize that there was someone before him who died. <laughs> I mean, there. There's only been two in twelve. The whole forty, like. 74 years yeah yeah, yeah. no cool. i i we just can, completely like about blank that there was the second person yeah, yeah. in that 74 years that had won <laughs> but it's also really interesting that like in 74 years every other district has like had more than like three and district 12 is the only per- only district that's like two yeah. um <laughs> but before uh and he's basically drunk and he falls off the stage and he becomes a huge laughing stock for the capital and the capital loves it um, the uh, I thought the papers were weird. <laughs> the ones from the from the, from the bowls, <laughs> like they had like this black tape on it. They were like, and it was like they they had to make it so uh they had to make it so um um like like imagine this is the the paper they had to make it like a so big and for anyone listening uh steven just did absolutely nothing except waving a piece of paper up and down like five times while trying to open it because that's pretty much what they do in the film yeah um oh i got a happy hanukkah um and uh hey i don't know who said that to him but he just opened that no no it was open it is january I haven't just opened it. I haven't opened it in a while. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so obviously she opens the letter and bum, 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 end of first chapter, big moment in the book and in the film. Primrose. Say it with me, Ankit. Oh, okay. Primrose, Primrose Everdeem. Wow, that did not match up. Hopefully Sebastian can make us sound good in editing. <laughs> Hey, Sebastian, if it doesn't, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I think what's interesting in the book, they talk about it, but like it, you kind of, I don't know if I really get that sense, but like, it's really heartbreaking when a 12 year old gets, gets reaped into the Hunger Games because it's their first year. I don't know if I felt the weight of that in the film, but I definitely felt the weight of that in the book. I think in the film you feel the weight of it a bit later. I yeah no I I, I see where you're going and yeah I, w- like, I won't ruin it for people yeah yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it in like literally five minutes um if that yeah, but yeah. I think you feel the weight of it a bit later in the film you do still feel the weight but it's not in that sense but also again in the book Katniss is able to explain to you like oh, like, this is why, because pretty much, like, when a 12-year-old gets reaped, everyone's like, well, that 12-year-old's gonna be dead. So, yeah. Just to, just to be clear, according to Katniss in the book, and obviously Suzanne Collins wrote Katniss Everdeen, there's been no 12-year-old victors. I might be wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong. But, like, 99.9% of the time, 
you're from District 12, you're 12 years old, yeah, you're dying in the first two minutes. Yeah. You will um, be dead. So, anyway, everyone's horrified. Prim starts walking up, and, you know, she isn't, um, you know, she's not thrilled, but then... Katniss does the very famous thing at this point where even if you haven't seen the Hunger Games, you know the line, I volunteer as tribute. Yeah, so in the book, it's really funny because Effie is like, oh, it's not time for volunteers yet. Like, like, like it's a big thing that they always ask. Yeah, yeah. And like, I wrote this down in where it's like, you know, in the film, they're like, oh. Okay, cool, or somewhat, but like in the book, it's also kind of explained, and like you see it in the film, where like they're just like, okay, like she's not the first person to volunteer as a tribute from District 12, but she's the first one in so long that no one remembers what the proper like protocol is for my, tributes. My thing is, and I think it's a bit darker, and it's really sad that it's not in the film, is part of the reaping is always after the two people get chosen, they come to the stage. The person then goes, Effie, obviously in this situation would go, would anybody like to volunteer as tribute? And then they would replace the person. Yeah. 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 That's the actual protocol. That's not followed, but no, but I just think it's really dark, especially when, well, spoiler alert, Peta's name's about to get named and Peta's going to be our second tribute. And uh, no one offers, including no one offers. his older brothers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Katniss comes up on stage, Effie's like, oh, I bet that was your sister, huh? And kind of, you know, helps us understand why she volunteered as tribute. Um, and then there's a quiet that she volunteered. No one gives Katniss clapping for volunteering. I th- Both in the book and the film, exactly the same. I think they handled the quietness really, really well. Yeah, they did a really nice job, and then they do the silent salute, which we were attempting to do at the beginning of the episode, and they do the silent salute, and then they go to call the males, and Pita Melark has been chosen. Katniss recognizes this boy, but they're not exactly like friends. She's just like, okay, he's also a 16-year-old. Like, we're in the same class kind of deal. Like, we see that. We do see this in flashback form in the movie, but we hear about it from Katniss's point of view, but obviously we don't have that as we've said, but in the flashback, we see that she remembers something about seeing him at a family bakery. So this is kind of where we learn a bit like, oh, Peta's family runs the bakery in town. I I also think, you know, here in the book, I believe we get the entire backstory of the bakery. I don't know why they felt in the film to cut it up over. Yeah, it was a weird this... choice. Do we just want to talk about it now and the backstory of the bakery so we don't have to bring it up later? Um, yeah, sure. So in the book, uh, Katniss's dad has died. Um, and she's a Prim's born. Uh, Prim's still young, so we can say Prim's probably six at this point. Katniss is uh, 11, so not old enough to put her name in for Tessera. Yeah, so they're four year, they're a four-year difference between them. So, yeah, yeah. So, she, so Prim would be seven then. Sure. Um, so um, she's not young enough to do the Tessera. Her dad just died. They're really starving. They don't have a lot of food. 
Um, and Katniss is, they basically ate what they could. Um, and Katniss is basically like, I am going to die of hunger. And it's a huge thing. Um, Which is and, common yeah, in District 12. He tries to, she tries to steal food from the trash. Um, she doesn't able, she isn't able to, because uh, she gets scared off by Peta's mother. Peta then burns some bread on purpose um, and gives her burned bread. Throws it at her, basically. The bread he was supposed to give the pigs. Um, but, and then it saves her. It gives her reasons to live. Um, and she doesn't like owing Peta. She doesn't like owing anybody. It's a big thing about Katniss. She doesn't like owing people. Yeah. That's pretty much um, the backstory. That's, that's all you really need to know. Yeah. Um, so, then moving. Nope. What? Sorry. I was going to okay. say, then we start saying goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we start saying goodbye. In the book, they have an hour to say goodbye, not three minutes like the film. But whatever. I get it. You got to move the film forward. Fine. Prim gives the Mockingjay pin back. And uh, this is where I was like, it felt more powerful coming from the friend and coming from Madge. It just feels more powerful. But it's important that she has it. Prim, you know, begs Katniss to win, and Katniss says, you know, I'll try my best. That's pretty much in the book. Yeah. And then Katniss does kind of tell her mom, like, hey, you can't do what you did last time when dad died, because when dad died, mom went into deep depression and, like, couldn't really help. And she was like, you have to be strong. Like, you can't abandon Prim. Like, when dad died, like, I'm not around anymore to be able to take care of her. Gail comes in, assures Katniss that like hey you're gonna do fine and you know uh it's the same you're a hunter and she's like no it's different than killing an animal and he's like not really just they are animals which humans are animals and it's dark to think about but he's not wrong so <laughs> except then, there's no mayor no mash no baker saying goodbye or giving her cookies yeah, yeah, yeah no no other people coming in but like there are other people who come in in the book Madge, the mayor, Peta's father comes in and, like, is like, hey, like, I've always liked you, like, you know. And he has a relationship with her because, like, they will trade. So, like, you know, he likes the squirrels that she catches. So he usually trades with her for squirrels, for bread kind of deal. So, you know, they, they have a relationship. It's not like they don't. But you don't see any of that in the film. Again, I get it. You need to move the film forward. It would have been nice to see it. But... It's not the worst cut in the world. No. But one thing to note is that before Gale leaves, he does promise to Katniss, which he does in the book as well, that he will look after Prim and look after her mother and like take care of her family for her. Yeah. Um, I also think the crazy thing is, so after this, we start going to the train and the circus in the book is quite big because they've already started filming them. Um, you don't really get that feeling in the film that they're already being filmed by the time they get on the train. Um, so now they're once they're on the train, they're not being filmed, but to the train, they're being filmed the entire time. But you don't get that feeling. Um, then they get on the train and they're really awed by like all the luxuries that they don't have in District 12. Um, and then we cut to a scene and we learn that the train goes 200 miles per hour and you don't feel it. Here's my thing. Okay. I did the math. Oh, no. From Boston to Denver, Colorado, at 200 miles per hour. This is like if they built a new train rail and everything. A high-speed train take, rail. It that would does take not exist in the U.S. 
it would take 10 hours. Okay. Picking up two hours for the time difference, of course, because, you know, you're going that way. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then uh, Effie goes to find Haymitch. Uh, and then Haymitch and Barefeet comes in, played by the wonderful Woody Harrelson. He does great. Harrison. I love him as Haymitch. I, like, oh, yeah. He's so he's good. A bit, he's a bit different. Obviously, he has blonde hair and blue eyes, but in he, but he's from the seam in the books. So he should look more like Katniss. But it's fine. Woody Harrelson does a, such a good job. I can ignore that. Yeah, yeah. I can ignore. Okay, hey, he didn't necessarily want to sit in makeup and like have hours of paint put on him to have olive skin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So fair. <laughs> Completely fair. Also. I mean, he was wearing a blonde wig. Would it have been that hard to give him a brown wig? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, it's possible that they tried it. And because it's also like a dirty blonde wig. It's not like, yeah. you know, it, it, it is a dirty blonde wig where he's, you know, doesn't look put together with his hair. It's very possible that they tried the brown, but just didn't get that same effect with the brown one. Because there is slightly more that you can do with a dirty blonde to make someone look a bit more unput together than you can with just straight brown hair. So fair, like, you know, it's possible that they tried it and they were just like, this works better with his skin complexion and whatever for what we need to look. We can, again, if these are our issues, we're doing good. Yeah. So, uh, my, uh, my issue though with Hamish is from a first viewing experience. You don't realize Hamish is from district 12. Because you meet him on the train and you meet him with this with this capital persona, yeah, you don't realize he is a victor from District Twelve, and I think that's a big thing. That's a big thing to like not have the audience know. Like I asked people if they knew that, and somebody was like, "I didn't even realize he was from the same district as Katniss and Peeta," and I think that's a big deal. Uh, just so people know, if you win the Hunger Games. Yes, you get money, you get riches, you get a lot of fame, and then you get to live in this place called the victor village every district has one uh Hamage is the only person who lives in victor village right now and Hamage is katniss knows Hamage just because he shows up around the seam a lot he likes to go to the hob uh to get better alcohol than he can get from the <laughs> get from the capital yeah <laughs> which fair enough he's a drunk it's his favorite thing um so peanut and katniss in the book they change Hamish's mind by standing up to him, and then he decides to mentor them. I don't think this is handled as well in the film. I think it's kind of glossed over a bit. Yeah. Um, so you don't really get that switch in Hamish. You get one scene of Hamish going, eh, 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 I ain't going to do it. And then like in the next scene, he's like, oh, sit down. Let me tell you how to survive and don't light a fire. Yeah, so pretty much like my notes for this, right? And like you said, like they have more of a backbone. Like They cut out a whole scene in the book where Peta cleans up Hamish and they kind of make it seem like this starting conversation was enough to convince Hamish's change of heart of like, all right, like I'll actually try to help you guys or whatever. Yeah. And then Peta has more of a backbone against Hamish on the train. Whereas he didn't in the film, like Peta doesn't have the backbone. He punches Hamish in yeah. the book. He doesn't in the film. Hamish punches him other way around. Oh, sorry, yeah, Hamish punches him. But also, like, Peta, he's 
like overly happy on this train in the film and i'm like okay in the book like you you were terrified as well like you had more of a backbone you were like okay we're in this situation how do i survive like so so the other the other thing that i think is really interesting is Hamage in the books makes a deal with them. He says, I will stay sober enough to keep you guys alive. You just have to listen to everything I say. And because I know Hamage's backstory like completely, like I know which Hunger Games he won. I won't tell you, Ankit, till you get there. No, I've read like, the I... second book, so I know more of his backstory, but I haven't read the third book, so I might be missing some of the backstory still. So my thing is Hamage is but, like, one of the things that's not even in the books, but people can kind of understand from the books, is Hamish has been waiting for people like P- like people who have a fight, like PETA and uh, Katniss, to show up so he can train them. And so he, that's like, so he lets the alcohol go a bit so he can, so he can train them. But I don't get that, we don't get that deal in the books. Then we're swept off to the Capitol, cool. Um, and, you know, Capital makes Peter really happy. He gets to wave at everyone. Everyone's like, "Yeah!" And Woody Harrelson's like, "You gotta learn from this guy. He, he, the people love him." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong. People do love Peter. Um, people uh, love Peter." And then, uh, then we end up in, um, we end up in the stylist room. So yeah. the tributes are getting cleaned. And shaved and plucked and uncomfortably uh, cleaned. <laughs> Made to look pretty in terms of dumb, pretty standards. Basically, we make you look good so then when you die, you still look good because you died for us. Yeah. And it's also Very, their it, standards of good and pretty, which are messed up. But yeah, of course. So then we meet Cinna. Uh, and I thought Cinna, I thought good casting really understood the character. He doesn't feel like a capital person. Which Cinna never does in the books. Which is lovely. I think Cinna, maybe if they took away the gold makeup, could have been more interesting. Because I think, like, to me, in my head canon, I don't know if this is true or not, because I need to read the last two books. Uh, I feel like maybe Cinna's from the districts. I always get that feel when I read Cinna from Hunger Games 1. Um, but we don't know. Um, but... Uh, Cinna is very similar. He's trusting and he's taking very good care of Katniss. Um, but in the books, Katniss goes in that meeting very scared of what Cinna will dress her as because usually they're just people as coal miners. Or one time when they wanted to get really creative, they put them in black dust and nude on the chariot. Yeah. Um, and so she's really, really, really scared. Uh, and then Cinna goes, I'm not going to dress you as a coal miner. I want to do something different. She goes, oh, great. We're going to be nude. But no, he has a great thing. Katniss Everdeen, the girl who was on fire. Yay. It's Katniss Everdeen, the girl on fire in the books. No, no. It's who was on fire in the no, books. No, it's the girl on fire. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's the girl on fire. No, it's the girl on fire in the film. It's the other way. It's who was on fire All right. in the books. Uh, <laughs> listeners, comment who's right. Cause, uh... <laughs> I have the book right here. <laughs> hey, uh, d- d- my book is... Oh, here it is. Um, Hold on. Uh, d- This might take a while. So, I I mean, like, I guess I'll just... I'll go with what you say. Um, But, l- listeners, if Steven's wrong, please bury him in the comments. Because I'm pretty sure he's wrong. 
but fine. I'll live with it. I remember it being weird in my mouth when I read it, and that's why I remember it, it was who was on fire. Okay. Well, but on they, that they make... lovely note, we should probably take a quick snack break and then come back to Katniss Everdeen, the girl who was on fire. Hi, this is Steven. Thank you for watching Co-op Forge. If you like our content, wish to support our editing staff or all, please subscribe to our Patreon in the link down below. You'll get bonus footage and many other fun activities out of it. In our description, you'll also find links to our social media, where we'll post about our new episodes. Flip the Scripts is every Friday. Seattle Across the Pond is every other Thursday. And Post Finale is posted every Wednesday. Thank you for watching. Now back to the main episode. And we're back. I hope you had a good snack break. Um, Cinna in the book had a really cool idea for them to hold hands when they're both Peta and... Uh, basically, Peta and Katniss were both on fire. And he had this idea for them both holding hands as they were going down in the introduction. Um, but Peta has the idea in the film, which I'm not mad about. It shows like they have like, you know, Peta really is into this stuff. But I think I think it makes more sense coming from Cinna because Cinna understands the world of the capital better than Peta does. Yeah, no, I was mad about it. Like you weren't mad Fair. about it. I was mad about it. I was you like, were mad about it. <laughs> I was like, this wasn't Peta's idea. This was Cinna's idea. I love Cinna. I love the casting. Like I just like him as a character. Give him the idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I just I think it's really funny because we have the scene with Seneca Craig, and I wrote down who starts a countdown at fifteen. Because uh, he goes like, who has created 15, the Hunger Games? Fourteen, thirty. I'm like, I can't. Ca- Started at 10, maybe 20. 15 is such a weird number. Um, so even you could have just done the district. You'd be like 12. Oh, look, I'm doing the district number. 11. 10. <laughs> yeah, see? Uh, so like Katniss and Peter have definitely won the entrance ceremony. They really show that in the film and in the book. You know, yeah. they're like the top of the top. People love them. Uh, and then we have the whole thing. President Snow comes up. He welcomes everybody to Hunger Games. I love the casting for President Snow. I think I think he is incredible. Such a, a great good job. actor. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. It's... I do not know. I know that like Stanley Tucci plays uh, Flickerman. Uh, oh, Donald Sutherland. Great. Yeah, so Donald Sutherland plays President Snow, and he's really, really good. Um, and then we get our first shot of Cato. Um. And he's jealous. And, you know, the jealousy of the other districts in the film, in the book, they talk about how all the districts are really jealous of Cinna and his design choice and PETA and how PETA and Katniss look. PETA also has, by the way, his own stylist that works with Cinna, uh, but they don't really talk about it in the film. They kind of make it seem like Cinna has designed both of them. But fair enough. Um, She doesn't do a whole lot in the book other than be his stylist, so... Yeah, Fair. she's Peta stylist though. Peta does get a stylist at least, you know. Yeah, she's um, important. So first shot of Cato. What do we think of the actor playing Cato? I think he fits it. I don't know. I kind of wish he was more buff. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Liam Hemsworth could have played Cato, and this guy could have been Gale with dark hair. I think I think it works. I I do understand the. You know, I thought he was going to be more buff, but I do think that it still works. And, you know, not everyone who is buff looks buff. Like, not everyone who is super strong necessarily looks super strong. So, I didn't mind it. 
So then uh, we go cut to the penthouse suite because yeah. they're like, yeah, you're top. You get the penthouse. I'm like, isn't every floor like really magical anyway? So it doesn't matter. They're on the top <laughs> floor. Like it's all just good. They're just like Effie just Effie's lines just make me go. I hate you more and more. I know like this is on purpose. Like Katniss is supposed to hate you because like you just have no clue that these people are, are like literally going to fight to their death. But no, like... but like she knows. But also, I applaud Effie in the book as well, where she's like, "Look, yeah. I understand that this is crap, but like, I need to try to make this as light as possible." So, like, I appreciate Effie. Fair, and she's never had a winner. She's been a District Twelve for a long time. She's never had anybody win. So, uh, so Katniss discovers the rich of the Capitol, uh, film only. You know, she flips through some lovely pictures on her window and sees a forest. Uh, they did that instead of having a scene where PETA shows them the roof. Yeah. I think the roof of the building is way more impressive than that scene. I don't get it. But out of uh, curiosity, what would your virtual wall be? Oh, uh, ooh, snow. I think I'd really love, like, just, like, a tundra outside. Says Although the so man who grew cool. up in California in L.A. Yeah. I grew up in hot weather. Doesn't mean I don't like the snow. Um, so, how about you? Probably woods. Yeah, I can see you. Probably so, the woods. Then we cut to the first training sequence of the Hunger Games. And uh, we get the first line of the... I, I love this line. Two weeks from now, 20 of three of you will be dead. And, which is really... I just It's the first time it's said out loud in the film, but in the book, we were constantly reminded of this because in in Katniss's head, she's always like, "Oh, Pete and I will have to kill each other. Pete and I will have to kill each other. Oh, someone's gonna try to kill me." Like, I understand why it has to be said. It's because in the book, we're constantly reminded of that. Um, we kind of so get a little. This is before we get way too into it. Yeah. I had an issue with this. And we had talked about the deal that they made with Hamish a bit before, mm. where he was like, hey, you don't mess with my drink, but I'll stay sober enough to help you, right? Yeah. But then they also cut out Hamish giving them advice on how they should handle training and that they should work together during training and don't show off your skills. Like, don't do that. Like, you know, keep your cards close at heart like don't share this so i was just annoyed that it kind of felt like they cut hamish's character a bit i think because they've moved it it's really interesting so like obviously there's like the whole training sequence they wanted to show all the tributes rue steals a knife from kato it's really funny you kind of get an insight into rue a little bit and i love it and thrush is there thrush is like hi Uh, ah ha ha rue and like i i thrush looks just like an older brother to rue it's lovely um but then you cut to a haymitch training sequence with Peta and katniss and basically haymitch is telling them that the volunteer tributes are from district one and district two that's not true uh well it's true in the film but in the books the career tributes are from district one district one who does diamonds and other luxury things for the capital district two which does masonry and weapons for the capital and district four which does fishing for the capital well for some reason they decided district four doesn't deserve to be a be a tribute uh even though fishing is like the main food they have in the capital like they feed the most of the nation with their food which is why 
they're also uh, dist- uh, one of the tributes. Um, but it is interesting because obviously it does affect our second episode when we talk about the Hunger Games. Yeah, I did have a random thought at this point. Yeah. How did the people who live in the capital end up in the capital? Is that explained in some future book? I th- it'll, it'll talk more about it in the Songberg of Snakes. Cause that's okay. Like- Great. It's like a prequel to the whole trilogy. Okay, but I could, t- I could, I think there's a couple of YouTube videos you can watch. Uh, no, no, no. It, but like, want. it's it's fine. Like, we'll we'll avoid the spoilers. Um, th- this was just yeah. a random thought that had popped into my head. But cool. cool. Uh, uh, we'll get to it, I guess. So, Hamish is like, "What are your strengths?" And Peter's like, "Ah, she's good with the bow and arrow. She shoots squirrels right through the eye and always gives them to my dad." And he also says what his mom said that Dishartel will finally have a victor, and it'll be Katniss. And yeah. Peter's like really sad about that. And like that that has to hurt. Your own mom was like, District Tom will finally have a winner, son. And you're like, Yeah, but not me. <laughs> and also Katniss is like, Yeah, but he's really strong. And I'm like, Yeah, but Katniss, come on. Like, let's 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 just be honest with Haymitch here. Um No, and... but I do like that it's straight from the book in the sense yeah. that neither of them really wants to like gloat of what they're good at. But the other uh... one's like, Oi! Like, gloat. <laughs> Be better. <laughs> yeah. But this conversation happens, of course, before the training. So having to read them showing their skills to the other tributes. I literally wrote that, exactly what you just said. It makes, like, they did it in the wrong order. Um, and then we finally see the whole bread flashback, which, and... Uh, We've already talked about. And then we do a film only where PETA shows his strength. Why? Why? Literally... I think it's a weird addition as Hamus would have bollocked the both of them for breaking their agreement. He would have beat the crap out of both of them. Hamish from the books would have like Hamish Hamish from the books would have killed them before they got into the Hunger Games. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is the thing is I love in the book, and I know this isn't in the film, and we'll talk more about it when we get to it. I love in the book how they have one conversation about how Hamish won the games between the two of them. They're like, Oh, he's just the smartest guy. And like Literally, Hamage is so brilliant. Just follow Hamage. Just fo- listen just, to him. Just um, listen to Hamage. The careers, to me, look a bit too tame in the training. Uh, Peter skills of camouflage, you know, really, really good. Um, and then they cut the AVOX story. They completely... There's no they AVOX story. They completely cut the AVOX story. So, for a quick rundown on what the AVOX story is, it's pretty much a va- yeah. an AVOX is someone who has wronged the capital in some way, shape, or form, and they get their tongue removed, and now they work as a servant, and Katniss recognizes one of these Avoxes, and she says this, and then she kind of, like, backtracks and, like, realizes, like, oh, like, I may have, like, I can't say who they are. Like, I can't tell them why. And pretty much what it was is that she saw this girl... And another guy running through the woods one day, I guess running from the capital, the girl yelled out, like, help! Katniss didn't move, didn't help, and then a hovercraft came and took him away. And so killed, Katniss... Killed the boy first. Killed, killed the, boy the boy first, and then, and then took, her away. took the girl away. Um, Katniss is pretty sure that the girl knows who she is, but can't say anything, because obviously no tongue. So, you know, they cut that whole story. It's a pretty dark story, but, like, you know, it is still pretty important in that it also and like, affects her it affects yeah, her staying there it yeah affects her staying there there is also like a weird kind of comfort that she gets because like this avox girl is very kind to her 
even though like you know she didn't necessarily help her back in the day but this avox girl is still kind and like helps her and is like a good person to her so you know yeah they cut that whole story so yeah no that's happened so now we now we go to the grading of the tributes and in the book i have a problem with this well, Peter's supposed to go before Katniss, and Katniss is supposed to go last. Yeah. Um, but, oh, is that your problem, or is there another problem? That's the problem. Yeah, so I think it's it's really interesting. Uh, from a book perspective, I, I effing hate these people. Because, number one, you're supposed to judge all 12 tributes. and So they get bored the more tributes as they go. So if you don't impress them, and you're one of the last tributes in the districts, you're effed and they always go in chronological order so 12 is always just effed yeah so uh by the way if you're wondering why we don't we're not cursing it makes our sebastian's edit really a lot easier (laughs) (laughs) we're trying our best not to swear it might slip out every now and again but we do our best to not and if and if we do swear you can listen to the unedited version (laughs) on our patreon (laughs) Um, so uh Basically, Katniss goes in. It's the same situation. She misses the first shot. Everyone ignores her. She shoots a bow right through the apple of the of, of the pig after she shoots a bullseye without anybody watching. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Straight rip from the book. That was amazing. Then PETA, PETA goes in and does her thing. Um, I... They don't really explain why she missed the first shot. It's because, like, she's so used to, like, her bows her father made, not the capital bows. Yeah, yeah, that's something from her head. I get, like, it can't, like, how could you explain that in a film? It's hard Um, to. And, yeah, I mean, 100%, if anyone has ever shot a bow and arrow, I have shot multiple. (laughs) But, like, if you ever have picked up and shot a bow and arrow, like, each bow is going to feel different, even if it's the same kind of bow each bow is going to feel slightly different. So yeah, it takes you, even if you are the best archer in the world, like Legolas, like if you don't have necessarily your bow, the first shot might be like, whoops, like that's different. Um, Great. This is how this one works kind of deal. So makes complete sense. So, so I love Woody Harrelson, like, as Hamish, being like, yeah, you did it. And then Effie being the, like, the bad mother, being like, how could you? Uh, <laughs> very similar to the books. I, I just love Woody Harrelson, though, in this moment. I just think he's so good because he's so, he's so happy that she showed up the district. Because, like, w- Woody Harrelson, I love how they do show scenes more in this film of, like, Hamish, like, hating the district, hating the capital. But, yeah. like, we could talk more about that in the next film. Um... And then we start going to the numbers. There's only one number. Before that is... we get to the numbers, there is a small scene, isn't there? Oh, no, no, no. This happens after no. the numbers. Sorry. Continue. So we go to the numbers. We'll get, we'll get to the numbers. And there's only one number that's wrong. So, like, the other numbers are, are correct. But there's only one number that's wrong. And it's Thresh's number. Thresh got a 10. And they gave him a 9. I just think. If they gave him the 10 like he had in the books, it's a little more threatening because, like, it's – now, keep in mind, Thresh's number isn't mentioned to like, the second half of the book. Like, when, like, someone runs into him, they're like, oh, my gosh, he got a 10. But, like – and he didn't want to join the careers because um, all the careers got 8 through 10. Um, and then PETA gets an 8, which is really good. Keep in mind, this is out of 12, a weird scale. Uh, oh, makes sense with the district numbers, though. And Katniss gets – an 11. An 11. Dang. Um, 
Which is the highest out of everybody. Highest, I think, in a while. I think it no one usually gets an 11. That's kind of the crazy yeah. thing. So then we cut to this new scene that's not in the books at all because Katniss wasn't present for. Basically, any scene Katniss wasn't there for, it's not in the books. <laughs> uh, Seneca has a scene with Snow. Uh, and Snow explains the problems. What he's doing is new. Uh, what he's doing now. And, he, and he's like, why do we do the Hunger Games? Why, why don't we just take 24 kids and kill them? Right. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, hope. It's a powerful, controlling thing. A little hope is effective. Too much hope is dangerous. And so he's upset about the 11. And he's like, fix it. But I do think it's a beautiful scene. It does show the dangers of snow. I think, like, obviously snow is shown more in, like, the second book and the film. But I think it does set snow up as, like, this really scary guy. Um, I think it works. But I think maybe we would have more time for other things. I don't know. I I always feel weird about additions for additions sake where like, I'm also like, but you took out this where like, this is actually really integral to the book. Sure. I mean, this was like a 30 second scene, so I didn't mind it. Fair. Yeah. Um, so then we get to a scene where Katniss and Hamish are talking over a meal and Hamish is like, ah, I'm going to train you guys separately now. Um, and Katniss is like really upset. Um, my problem in the films, they make it seem like Peta's not being trained by Hamage anymore either. <laughs> yeah. They make it seem like Hamage is now only training Katniss, but this is, but they don't explain this is only a problem in District 12. Like, Hamage will train both of them, but like, because he's the only living victor of the 74th Hunger Game, uh, of in all 74 Hunger Games. Yeah. Um... So I think it's just a bit weird. I, I, I want them to I wanted them to explore it. Also, they didn't really show Katniss as fully like really, really, really upset that Peter wants to be trained separately. Like she she gets really furious at him. Um, she isn't thrilled. No, but it doesn't really show it in the film, I will say. Very, no. very hidden. Um and then we go to the interviews and we meet Caesar Flickerman. My question for you, I think this is yes. a really good question. Was Caesar Flickerman as good in the books? As good as in think, what? Do you think like the the actor did a good job? Like Stanley Tucci, did you think he did a good oh, job? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think Katniss worrying about the interviews makes sense. Same as in the books. Um, my only thing about it is, uh, I think that they could have made Tucci seem bigger and the audience a little more hyper. I feel like they cut the audience noise out of the a lot of the interview at times, a lot of the interviews. So I didn't Fair, feel like the but that's the audience nothing was always- on. That's nothing on Stanley Tucci's performance. That's just no, sound no, editing. No. <laughs> I, I also think it's terrible direction. I think like they could have made the audience like meet more hype. They could have made it like a really big live show. It could have been more of a more of a spectacle. And I think that's what they should have gone for. And they didn't. And I don't know. Sure. Why. I don't know. I didn't um, mind it. So the interview a lot of, happens. A lot of district people got names like marvel marvel was it named in the yeah. books but now we know district one's name is marvel and glimmer you know glimmer also district one we know this basically there are a lot of people in the districts that in the in the basically in the book that never got names because katniss didn't actually meet them but because suzanne collins did help write the movie we we can say oh that's their actual name right and katniss does learn some of these names much later yeah so um yeah. it was a good 
interview adaption, which I did wish Caesar was bigger or wish the spectacle was bigger. Um, I wish the interview with Katniss was great. I wish they kept the 11 point question with the response from the, the judge who fell uh-huh. over. Cause I think it's like really hilarious to kind of talk about that, inv- what happened then. But I understand they kind of had to keep going, keep the film going. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, yeah. She, the girl who was on fire, uh, was more spinning in the book. She was a bit younger in the book, feels a bit younger in the books in this, in this point. Uh-huh. Um, because you know they had to add some cushions to her dress to make her look fuller, yeah. Um, and in the interviews in the books, all the tributes are on the stage the entire time. So it's like they get you get live reactions to how they would react to other people's interviews. So I think it's a bit it's really interesting that they I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's important for us to understand as readers and maybe watchers that. He's interviewing 24 people back to back. So you have to keep the audience going. So like it's just like in the last thing where like if you're the last person to be interviewed, you got to be good. And PETA does that. <laughs> oh, PETA's real good. Uh, PETA's interview in the book is – film is straight from the book. You know, they both smell each other. He he says, oh, I, I – you know, he comes out and he's like, yeah – Katniss, she came with me, and he kind of admits to the world that he that he loves Katniss. Yep. Also, can I just say, I really like Peta's suit for his interview. It's just a really oh. nice black suit with like a very nice like long red collar on the coat. Like, oh, beautiful. Um, I also really love all. Josh Hutcherson. I just I, mean, I love yeah. him. I, he's such yeah. a good actor. He's, he's so great. right for Peta. Uh, he was in um, uh, Bridge to Terabithia. I watched. He that was. A, that's a I, real I watched sad that. film. Uh, you, it's you've a beautiful seen that film. film? I've Monkey, read you've the never book. seen anything, and you've seen that film? I've seen that. I've read the book for that. He was also wow. in the um he was also in the Journey to the Center of the Earth movies. Oh, he was. Yeah, I've seen those. See, I watch things, just not things yeah. that people have expected me to have seen. He was also <laughs> in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. <laughs> just I, came out. I haven't seen that. He yeah. was a voice in Epic. I like how now I'm just looking at his um, lovely IMDb page, and I'm like, yeah. what have you done? But, yeah, he's a great actor. I really like yeah. him. So uh, P- Katniss catches Peta uh, back at their flat, and she basically pushes him into a vase, and, like, he cuts his hand. Uh, that's book only. In the film, she just pushes up against the wall. <laughs> but they say the same lines. It's the basic thing. She doesn't actually hurt him. But it's the yeah. Same things. She's like, you made me look weak, and and you know, Hamish is like, no, he made you look desirable. Which, yeah, he did a yeah. good job of that. And then, uh, it's now the night before the Hunger Games, night before the big event, and uh, Katniss comes down to have a talk with Peta. Um, instead of on the roof, they're just talking in a window, which I think the roof would have been a lot the- better. It's a little open, a bit more risque, if you will. I feel like the um, roof in the book also, because they had set it up earlier, it yeah. fits a lot more. But, you know, I wasn't upset about this conversation happening in the window. Like, it would have been nice on the roof, but because they didn't set it up in the film, I understand why they didn't do it there. Because yeah. it didn't have the same weight that it would have. Um, and then Peter says the, the lines like, I don't want the games to change me. I, I don't want them to own me. 
Um, yeah. And Katniss hates Peter for saying this. She thinks this is like he. It, she feels like he's already given up. He, she feels like he's already gonna give in and just die. Um, and they have a really big fight, and she leaves upset at him. Um, but in the film, she kind of just accepts and goes, "I can't think like that because of my sister." Which I'm like, "No, you, 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 you get mad at him for th- like you care about him. Obviously, you care about him thinking like that." And then Peta leaves the situation in the film. So, book versus film, I think the book did it better. Yeah, but I wasn't upset by the film version, but I agree the book okay. definitely did it better. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to the day of the uh hunger games um and also uh i love the transition where it's like a party in the capital and then it transitions to the day and you just see a beautiful bridge over the colorado river and you're like ah yes i know exactly where we are we're in beautiful denver um and then we're in an elevator with Hamage and Katniss and Hamage is telling her all the things that he should have told her already uh like right. don't go to the cornucopia find water it is book accurate, but, like, he doesn't say that. Um, I also didn't enjoy, we had already talked about it, where it feels like Hamish is only training Katniss and not training them both. Exactly. Also, he tells Katniss, remember, don't step off the pedestal. Um, but I love in the books where Katniss, like, has to remind herself not to step off the pedestal. Because she's like, oh, yeah, because in a previous game, somebody stepped off and it set off a chain reaction that killed half of the people. <laughs> it's true. It's very it's true. true. You would think they would not do that anymore, but whatever. Um, we'll see. Arm plants are done a bit. Yeah. And then I think we'll end the episode here. So she's about to get on a plane to go to the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, and but so she's just said goodbye to Hamage and life as she knows it. Um, and we have no idea if Peta's had the same amount of training as her. <laughs> <laughs> and on that lovely note. We are ending the episode, so thank you everyone for listening. And Stephen, as always, a pleasure. And we'll yeah, pick man. up here next week when we, I guess, talk about the games and figure out who's gonna live and who's gonna die. Yay! The, the murder of ever, children. May the odds be ever in our favor, right, guys? Um, Woo! On that note, woo! bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>